0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That's where I'm on your favorite podcast platform, and read believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report and not the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Um got at 10 bucks of ad money last week did not get any this week but i guess 10 is enough to keep me going explaining the messed up name of the podcast which also my network has not said anything about so i'll just keep making fun of it until they do Um, And then I'll probably still do it because they did not tell me they were going to do that. Anyhow, uh, on to this week's amazing, amazing guest. Just came out with an amazing first hour special, debut hour special called Daddy Long Legs, Uh, a relative prodigal, and I use that adjective very liberally, uh, (laughs) son of Los Angeles, but uh, currently back in his hometown of philly pa please get up for blake wexler everybody
0: oh jake thank you so much for having me and then also you're in a, you're an excellent in addition to being an excellent host an excellent segment producer in that you just warmed me up for 30 minutes before <laughs> this before this podcast started we you're were welcome, able to man. catch up yeah ed thank you for saying such nice words about the mm-hmm. daddy long Legs special uh i i text you this but coming from you that means the world to me so yeah thanks for having me on too
1: one of uh, my my favorite esteemed privileges in the weirdo uh, cockamamie job that I made <laughs> up for myself. Uh, <laughs> that's how I regard it. Yeah, what I do is stupid. Uh, no, uh, the comedy bureau and running about comedy and all that uh, is seeing people like come to a point where they shine. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, even to the point where... <laughs> I'll say, it. I like. I remember the first time I saw Ryan O'Flanagan, yeah, uh, Mike. I'm like, this is. I hate this. This is dumb. <laughs> such a waste of our time. What is it? He used to just talk about this senior citizen roommate that he had, and like the bits were serialized in that. Like, if you didn't go to the next mic or weren't at the previous mic, you had no idea what he was talking about.
0: Amazing.
1: And and low. Amazing. He figured out I should stop doing that.
0: He did figure it out. It's funny. I knew Ryan in Boston okay. and uh, we were both going to college there at the same time. And it's been really fun to see him turn into what he's turned into, to, where he is. He is, You're talking about weirdos. He's one of the weirdest people I ever met deli- in a delightful way where he, I feel like he's figured out what makes him so weird and funny and i mean that is a very high compliment yeah ryan's ryan's the best
1: yeah absolutely so uh, it was like i remember you didn't even like email me or i i don't think i got it sometimes i get press releases for specials um but i really like whatever comes up on youtube i'll try to watch but i was like oh blake has an hour special out. wow okay Cool. That's what he's been doing. I'll I'll give it a watch. And it, it was a, a truly delightful surprise.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I may have even not even sent you a press release. I, I like send an email to BCC people who have meant something to me comedically over the years. And if that's what the email you should have been on. So I think that's probably what it was where, and you were on there with other standups and stuff, but.
1: I might've gotten it, but I, odds are I probably watched it before you sent that
0: email. Oh, amazing. That's great. No, that's great to hear. Yeah. It came together and it took me long enough, but to your point, I think it can take you a while to figure out what makes you funny or how to best put the work ethic into uh making that come across and yeah
1: for the listeners as like a point of reference like what what what's the timeline of that like how many years in comedy did you have you tacked in before you did that and like is this a greatest hits of those first however many years or a summation of blake right now
0: it's a great question so it's my comedy age is insane because i started when i was 15 technically that's when i first started doing stand up so i've been doing it for about an eight technically 18 or 19 years now that also is not grinding it out on the road <laughs> for 18 yeah i dropped out of middle school um but no i but i have been doing it you know whether it was at first every 2 months because my mom needed to drive me to shows or in co- balancing being a college student and doing stand up but i have been doing it for a while and it was a a greatest hits but i think about 40% of it has never been released before so i there was nothing written before x age or X long ago because that was it was just wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't good material. And then everything after that was my approach was that, oh, most people, almost everyone has no clue who the hell I am. So for my first video special, I wanted to I couldn't afford to be like, well, I can't I'll sacrifice this better joke for a newer one. I just didn't really have that luxury. So I wanted people seeing me for the first time to see the best version.
1: Right. Uh, which, you know, uh, there's a reason that is kind of like the move with your first special.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think anything beyond that or uh, my my opinion is you're kind of being a little bit not de- delusional is not a nice word, but I think we get in our heads so much about oh, I can't repeat anything that I put out on an album. And it's like, I, as someone of the best, I don't know if Moshe Kasher said it or whatever, but like, you are just the star of your own, like, you're just the star of your own show. You're the star of your own. No, but no one's watching this movie, but you. So yeah. you think everyone's perceiving you in this way, but you're really just in your own head about it, which, yeah, yeah it's tough to come out of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um When, like, when did you feel the pull to be like, okay, now's the time?
0: I tried to do it in 2021, actually. I tried to film it myself in, and by that, I mean, I hired, I didn't just set up an iPhone. And uh, I set up six, six, my iPhone's two through 14 to film it. But um, I tried to produce it myself. And then it was coming off of, covid and on the heels of whatever the latest variant at that time was whether it was like omicron or delta whatever it was and i wasn't on the road or i wasn't uh, like even doing local spots that much because i didn't want to catch it (laughs) so i was not as sharp as i should have been and honestly it wasn't i didn't um the director of it his name's si Amundsen, really helped me a lot with how to tighten things Yeah, oh good. Yeah, he's my yeah, truly uh as a friend I I it's hard to talk about him in a way without getting emotional like how incredible he was to that whole process as a friend. And my bits are just long enough as is that I needed help tightening the- and also didn't even necessarily not to get too deep into it, admit that I needed help initially where I think my whole career I'm being a little bit hard on myself here, but I think somebody needs to be of, I always thought I was ready to answer your question in 45 minutes. When I have a chance, I thought that I always thought I was ready before I was. So you and I were talking about the New York comedy festival before. I think I submitted to be on like the comedy central, you know premium blend showcase when i had been doing stand up for 8 months at the age of 16 like i think i I've mailed in a physical vhs uh-huh. in 2000 oh god 6 or 7 to like in a in an om, like just in right. a massive envelope right. with and in no way i mean we don't need to go into why that's that uh-huh. was not the right thing to do and also, just all these steps, I just kept thinking I was ready and would get very, uh, I'd throw a little fit when I wouldn't get these things that I thought I was ready for. And <clears throat> I think the reason why I believe this came out so great is a friend who I respect and sigh was like, Hey, you're ready to do this. It just needs to be done the right way. And he was great with knowing when to push and when to pull back also with me where not that I'm like, I'm I'm uh, maybe I am a a diva in certain ways, but I would, he would give me a note and I, and my first reaction to a note in general would be like, like, how dare you? But with a person that you like love and you're friends with to get that note, it's, you know, that it's coming from an incredibly well thought out place. and, He was just so helpful. And then I like for six months did a bunch of road work, like more road work than I've ever done, which again, people have told me for years, Blake, you should go on the road and it'll tighten up your act. I'm like, that's for everyone but me. And (laughs) clearly, clearly you don't know who you're speaking to, but um it's true and it did make me tighten things up now can bad habits come out of the road like absolutely but I think that was also instrumental just doing the same thing over and over and over again until I really liked it and so yeah just to finish this thought I think as someone who's always watched themselves with just complete contempt (laughs) I would just watching my stuff I'd be like just crawling like under the covers you know like like at a like during a thunderstorm or something is how I would react to watching my own stand-up but this I've seen it maybe from the editing process filmed all of it like 30 40 times and I'm I can still really enjoy watching it so I think that was the best sign possible before it went out
1: Yeah, because they're I mean, uh, to the the listeners, this might sound harsh, but I watch a lot of specials and listen to a lot of albums and often is the case where I'm listening or watching. And I think to myself, you know, I don't think anybody was really asking for this, (laughs) You know, like side oh, it is of like... confidence. Like people told you to do the road. Mm-hmm. Or like when yeah, you know, as another example, Byron at Bowers did his first hour. For years, people were like, and myself included, like Byron, like when are you gonna like do something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If and... no one is doing that to you, like don't be like, Well, I've done stand-up for eight years and I just am tired of doing these jokes, so just get them on tape.
0: Yeah, it's you're setting your that's so for, it, no one was really asking for this. this is one of the funniest things I've ever like I, the, the laugh I, was like a you just brought out a laugh in me that's been dormant for centuries <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so true where it, and it's such a confidence is such a fine line to walk here where if you're not confident you can't do this straight up but if you're too confident then at the this is such a a base level of thought but you're gonna cost your at at least yourself or other people a lot of money (laughs) by by thinking you're ready to do something before you are and i was lucky enough where when i tried to shoot my own thing it was enough money that i i like just i lost on it but it wasn't enough to financially ruin me, but it was enough that I wouldn't have been able to shoot another one myself for quite some time. So, right. um, yeah, it's it is a really interesting. already <laughs> asked for this.
1: <laughs> no, and yet people persist, and they keep.
0: And here it going. is. And yet, as it, it exists, it exists. And I, I, I'm looking at it.
1: <laughs> uh huh. And I mean, I appreciate the DIY nature a lot of it. People find like some barn. Mm -hmm. all their friends and you know like tech has gotten to a point where you can shoot like a decent looking special on not a lot of money yeah 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 But still like the material has to and performance has to be there and uh yeah a lot of times it's it's not and i get that there are still gatekeepers and uh you know, there's a lot of unfair biases that might prevent you from taking a certain path on a certain timeline that you would like, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this, uh, that's not always the case.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It just, it does really mess with your head where it's, you want to be gone, like in a perfect world, because you want to be encouraging and optimistic. And it's just like, no, you're right. These people didn't get it. And you should shoot this yourself, right. and you will shine in a way if you do it this way, in in which you wouldn't have been able to shine otherwise. Right. And that does happen. Um, I think, it, it which and it's the coolest thing in the world when it does. But then you're right; it is also like, well, you know, is it a coincidence that everybody is saying no?
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Or I, I'll, conversely, I'm kind of glad that we're away from this. Like, remember there used to be a time because of Louie, um, everyone was convinced they had to do a new hour every year. Got uh, Yes, yes. And I'm like, so glad that that's not a thing anymore.
0: It's great. It's I was literally just talking uh, my my wife and I were having romantic discussions. We talk about uh, how quickly comedians can turn around material. And we were on like the other day and she was like, what happened to Dane? Like not what happened to Dane Cook? Right. in the past few years <laughs> well,
1: but he's very, dating like somebody 25 years younger oh married to somebody 25 years younger than him.
0: yes yes of course and oh god there's the funniest onion headline where like there's like oh dane cook falls in love with girl right when she turns 18 years old and not a second before you know like it was just like or gets engaged or whatever um but before then when i think yeah obviously, he was one of the first of of our lifetimes like celebrity stand-up comedians to come up that way. And I was saying that I think when it started, he started having trouble stand up comedy wise was when he's tried to turn around material every single year. And it's not specific to him, like you said, I think a lot of people feel a need to do that, both in terms of I think ego was the big issue with a lot of these people where, well, Louie's doing it. I need to do it, you know? and, Um, it's also financial where if you shoot a special, that's money in your pocket. So, oh, I can get whatever this, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars I'll get for this in a year, or I could get it in two years. It's like, well, I want two in two years instead of just one. And then it fucks your entire career up. Sure. (laughs) But that's so great. It's so awesome. You said that because I am totally with you that these it, it's really hard yeah. to write an hour yeah. so yeah take your just do it right right you know, like what's i, yeah.
1: I think like with, with the advent of podcasts you can mm-hmm. like kind of vomit out your thoughts and ideas loosely through whatever your podcast is mm-hmm. and that's your outlet for that if you need that outlet for so so much like But then, like, make an hour, like, like, the word special, sometimes it doesn't feel special.
0: Yeah, 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 that's great. It's true. And it, they should call it an intentional, where you're being very intentional (laughs) about putting this thing out. And that was a big thing that in all my other attempts at making a special I didn't, when I, when I, I've used the word discipline a lot, I would have a lot of ums, ahs, likes, you know what I means, right. which when you're putting all this effort into this, into something special, like you said, it shouldn't, it should be polished. And the biggest challenge my friend Sai gave me was cut out the ums, ahs, likes, and, you know, and, 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 you know, I just said, you know, which was the word that I actually meant to say that I need to cut out. So I it's preparing and knowing what you're going to say and putting all that prep into it. Because when those filler words come out, it's because you don't know what you're going to do next or you're nervous or
1: unless that's your thing.
0: Exactly. That's a really important.
1: You know, it's interesting. Joe Perra's special just came out, which is also amazing. I'm sure. And there's like a, there's like a few interesting, like just teensy character breaks, mm-hmm. which is like kind of illuminating. Cause that guy, you, for some lay people, you wonder like, is, is he, is he really like that? And the is answer is kind of is really like that, but he is aware. Mm-hmm. So there's an interesting point where he posed to the, posed to the audience. Um, He was like feeding squirrels these um pita chips and he was like uh giving just a bits of these pita chips and he put it to the audience like do you think like this squirrel could lift a whole pita chip or like what would it do if i presented an entire pita chip and one girl goes like i think he would take it and be so gracious because he's never gotten a pita chip from anybody like joe para oh my god i know and joe's like "Do you want to stick with that answer and she's like yeah And he's like you know like when this comes out on youtube of uh, well, everyone's gonna be like cringe 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 cringe
0: <laughs> See, it is good you're right. it is good to show humanity and not be a robot also yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, that's right. that's very you don't want to sound like you're reading right you're special from your right. head
1: even though uh he does a little bit of that but that's like again mm-hmm. that's like joe's thing
0: yes yeah he's so unique yeah
1: uh, with that in mind, I, you know, the thing I've been curious about, especially with, like, the special being the way that it is, did you feel some internal shift, like, creatively leaving L.A. after being there for so long and then being in Philly? Like, did you, well, I don't want to ask a leading question, but, like, how uh, how did that factor in?
0: No, I mean, you're generally right. Just in general, it's going to be hard for you not to ask a leading question because you're correct about these things. So yes, I I did, and it I I always am very careful because I have so much. This I think this is more of a Blake thing than an LA thing where. I've seen a lot of comedians move out of LA and talk shit on LA. And then it is generally abundantly clear where, Oh, you're just miserable everywhere. This has nothing to do with Los Angeles. You're just an angry, you're not, you're not going to like have success in any scene. And by success, I mean, joy. So (laughs) I, I think that. COVID. So maybe one symptom of being in L in LA is that, everyone around you is essentially driving towards the same thing in their industry where it it can alter where it's, if it's not a standup special, it's a, you know, like you're, you're going to get like a recurring role on something it's whatever it is. And I think from when I moved to LA, when I was 22, I didn't have time personally to create a sense of self and, and, a confidence in my own decisions to do things that what may work for somebody else may not work for me and vice versa. And I think I didn't have the maturity at that point to realize that. And I think when I moved out of LA, I think I was 31 and was able to realize like, Oh, just because person X got, uh opportunity why by doing what they're doing by doing z Uh, (laughs) of i that doesn't mean i should be doing that and i think i figured out what makes me funny or at the very least what gives me the best chance of having a successful set or making myself funny and because you have to do that, because that's hard enough. And then when I'm trying to be someone else or trying to do something that I'm not even good at, I you just I, I just didn't stand a chance in hell of making anything happen. So I think that reset of being, and then also I was able to move back to a scene that I grew up in and was incredibly confident in, and they were, you know, more uh, there were more opportunity. I mean, <clears throat> to say big fish small pond is 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 not correct but right. i've been doing stand-up longer than most of the people in the scene here so by virtue of that i was able to get more like pretty much any opportunity i wanted to perform as much as i wanted which was unreal
1: right that's amazing man you thank know, you that's always the criticism even you know uh it's always touted that you there's so much stage time in new york you know there's only a handful of people that are actually allowed to do five or six or seven shows a night and mm-hmm. um, that are good. I mean, there's a bunch of garbage stage time if you want it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And doing the wrong thing over and over again, doesn't help you. It's like, Oh, I did the same awful <laughs> set on 11 shows today. It's like, Oh good. Not only are you doing that over and over and over again, you're not getting better. You're actually pushing these bad habits further into yourself.
1: <laughs> right. This is what I, I always say that I, I think like just, just the sort of like sentiment from Malcolm Gladwell's outliers that 10,000 mm-hmm. hours is what it takes to be a uh, master at something. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, the 10,000 hours is hopefully spent doing a bunch of hard, like figuring out things and growing and like discovery that adds up to 10,000 hours that you would be mastered not yes. you doing the same bullshit in front of the yes. same people for 10,000 hours. Cause you, you'll get mastered at that.
0: You will be so good at bullshit. <laughs> if you do it for 10,000 hours, that'll be your skill. Mm-hmm. And no, you're right. in these sayings of like 10,000 hours is now just, you know, ingrained in us and there's another saying like uh practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect which i don't even hear what that means i just hear a sound you know when people say it and once you realize how to apply it of like oh uh like oh going up at shows and not doing well doesn't make you a good comedian going up on multiple shows doing well makes you do well at comedy you know like you it has to be put into the language of your life Right. in that way and yeah i, I think you're right it, it is so dependent on the person mm-hmm. and this the respective scene can only change you or make you do so much worse or so much better right and there's just different opportunities in in both scenes i i totally agree with you on the on the new york thing
1: i think if if there's a thing to be gleaned from this chat of ours. I I hope the listeners take away kind of connecting what you were saying earlier at the, at the beginning of the pod that like you just have let go of trying to make sense of things. Yes. And there's freedom in that. Yeah. Yeah. When you're worrying about the chase of whatever carrot it is, you can make it whatever it might be. You, you, become like to, to a certain amount of degrees or more less focused on your actual art
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and it's interesting i'm trying to think there's i look back and obviously hindsight you know you have hindsight but i remember people saying to me oh you should make your own thing mm-hmm. instead of waiting for to be given a special or whatever yeah. and i remember at the time where i'm like I have no money. like what are you talking? i I have no money. I can't make this. i have I'm gonna have to find call in all these favors to people and have a panic attack that I'm gonna owe people favors so I can shoot this thing. Uh-huh. And obviously, people do it with hardly any like that it, it is done. Yeah. but maybe the message from that is, oh, make your own great make yourself great at this thing and then you'll be able to, you know, start pile and compile or yeah, putting opportunities together and then you can then you can make your own whatever that thing is it doesn't have to be an actual product it can be what you do it can be your act your art whatever it is
1: right right um and I feel like if you can get to that mindset it's not necessarily that you have to be in a smaller scene or in LA or New York but Mm -hmm. there is I mean it's so hard to get through because it's you know the, the promise of like overnight success is so seductive, and mm-hmm. you can learn so many times that that's never true. Like, Eddie yes. Pipitone isn't an overnight success, he's an overnight success after like 30 years,
0: You're right? Perfect example. <laughs>
1: that's the it's it's kind of heartbreaking but like um chris rock i think has said this in a lot of interviews where he was he wasn't the funniest person coming up but he's one of the hardest working and i think corollary to that like it's some of the funniest people i know they quit before it feels like oh you had so much going and i know it was really really hard and it, Mm -hmm. it felt like you had nothing going for you But if you just figured a a way to stick around just a little bit longer, something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, you're right. And it's, I'm in kind of the middle of that where my wife and I were talking about this the other day where my, I've been doing it for so long and I started very, very young that generally when you have someone doing it as long as I have or started that young, they've either stopped or they're famous like there is very rarely where I'm doing good but not famous and I am still I haven't stopped yet <laughs> well this is actually I would like to announce I'm done but um <laughs> I I think I think this this conversation has the opposite effect <laughs> where it actually makes me realize I should stop doing it of um, but uh no I do think that it is hard to be in a gray area it doesn't really do it just or give me enough credit but you're you're not in these absolutes of no and definitely and you're right it's you could be so close to that next level but it is kind of hard to tell and one thing that I've been very Fortunate with or maybe cursed with is that I love doing it so much that I do sincerely just have such a blast and being able to like talk to people like you and have these these the most specifically relatable conversation I could possibly have with another person and then to go on stage and just like goof off and do my little tricks and it's it's an absolute blast so yeah if you don't enjoy I can't imagine what the alternative is, where, yeah, if you're not enjoying it, then you have to, <laughs> you can't do this. But if you're close to that next level, which would free up the stress, the financial freedom, which would then clear up the stress associated with it to allow you to enjoy it more, I see that too. It is just so hard to figure out where you're at, like where on the ladder you're at if you're in between certain rungs.
1: Yeah. And that's all kind of dependent on like what you want to do. And, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. And what that might involve at this point in time, because that is ever changing and ever evolving. And, you know, I think it's it's specificity is important because I mean, if Mm -hmm. you want to be like the being the funniest comedian in the world, what the fuck does that mean?
0: (laughs) It's not a real, it's, uh, it's not quantifiable. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. you're the funniest comedian in the world to probably uh, some people, you know. Mm-hmm. But th- th- then some consensus answers as the funniest comedians of all time. There are plenty of people who are like, yeah, they're whatever.
0: Yeah. And has it aged well? Right. And not even in terms of, like, progressive material, but stylistically sure. and the outfits. Right. Are you, you know, i in now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It and I think now it's even more where this has been said a bajillion times, but how many comedians were people aware of in the 60s versus, you know, the 80s versus like it's it now there's if they're out if something's out there you'll watch it. Like if there's something you enjoy, you will be able to see it. It, it is there. And that's why just like cancel culture, fucking makes me makes me laugh so hard. Where it's it's like I've been I, I've been canceled. Yeah, well, you're not allowed to work that job. Sorry, you behaved in a way where you can't work this job. But th- you know there are a bunch of people who are gonna go and watch you now because you can't work. You know, like you can't do this or you can't do that, and quote unquote can't because you're unhirable because of what you say. You can't do this corporate gig or whatever but you can do this other stuff on YouTube. And then there's people who like that will find you and they'll support you. So there, I, I just, that's why I'm like, there's something for everyone out there positively and negatively. Right. So yeah, that was my, I had to bring it. I, I, I know you have to bring up cancel culture once a podcast. And I thought I would be the one to do it for you. It's
1: funny. Remember clubhouse during quarantine, there was that app clubhouse.
0: Yes. It was, was it audio?
1: It was audio only. It was like live yeah. audio. It felt like you were at some sort of like panel convention. Um, mm-hmm. and that you got to go to different rooms, but you couldn't see anybody. It was just audio. Right. So I I got I got a bit into it for a while, and there were comedy rooms where we'd have comedy discussions and usually it'd be like a bunch of people asking questions of like working and or famous comedians. Mm-hmm. And some motherfucker would always be like, so what do you think about cancel culture? To the point where one of the recurring rooms, we just put it out at the top, like, okay, so um, <laughs> we're not going to field questions about cancel culture.
0: We This happens so much. We have to tell you we can't do it. Just, right. just so you know, we only have a limited amount of characters to write this, but we are going to spend them on the thing that you can ask about camp- cancel culture it's that important to us yeah. <laughs> we had to put it in the description
1: and th- there is a difference between like canceling and just be- being accountable like you know mm-hmm. bill cosby is in jail or like now stuck in like legal troubles for the rest of his natural life um mm-hmm. as a matter of accountability for the crimes he committed he's a criminal yeah yeah uh where louie eh, i he's doing a okay just fine you know and as far as i know delia is banned certain places thankfully um one of them being the store
0: mm-hmm. but
1: he still has a thriving career
0: yeah it's i, I don't know why i'm used like and accountability is your I think accountability is a perfect way of saying it where in Cosby's situation his accountability is that he should go to he will have to go to jail that's how terrible what he did is and then Louis's accountability is that he got his name taken off of certain shows and it's going to be harder for him to sell TV shows now but he'll sell out as a stand-up so it's Less accountability. And then even on a minor level where to even put this where if I'm hired to do a gig for Home Depot's corporate office and they're like, hey, you can't curse and you can't bring up Lowe's. And I went in and I'm like, oh, yeah, this place is a lot better than fucking Lowe's, huh? Then they... I broke a contract, you know, yeah. like I, in the most simple way. And I have to be accountable for doing that. And yeah. then obviously it goes up and down depending on the severity of the transgression. Sure. Yeah.
1: And for those who don't know or didn't think about it, Louis broke a sort of an unspoken contract. of We all thought he there was like no stone unturned with him, that it was all mm-hmm. out there all out there and that a lot of his material was like done, like observed at a distance Mm -hmm. instead of like, Oh no, I'm, I'm the piece of shit that I'm making fun of, but I'm not really saying that because that would be bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, it's, it's interesting. That's such a good point where like, what's the source where if, us, if we said a hor- like a horrible old word that yeah. shouldn't be used anymore, right. we know better, you right. know, like and and by the way, there and I'm, I'm saying this, where are there old people who know better than to use those words? Of, of course there are. But yeah. if some 93 year old man who's lived in like rural wherever for his whole life uses an yeah. old word, it's like, oh, God, that is shocking. But I'm I'm not surprised that he like that he would use that, you know, so it's it's also consider the source too. And that's accountability. And then also, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to actually contradict what I just, yeah, there are people who don't do that. <laughs> you know, the,
1: the thing is like, I, you know, a lot, uh, a lot of old people, you know, they, I think they are trying to play dumb or something. They, yeah. Yeah. They, they take some liberty. better. And then, You know who Jan Wenner is? I think I might have brought this up in another episode. I don't know. He um, co-founder of Rolling Stone, was like one of the chair people of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He recently came out with a book uh, like chronicling some of his favorite interviews Mm -hmm. and gotten some hot water by uh, having it pointed out that there were no interviews with uh, black or female musicians. right. And he said something to the effect of like, they're not like philosophers of rock and roll. It's not like they're not talented. And then he just kept putting his foot further in his mouth to the point where, and this is where it's like, all right, if you're this type of boomer or Gen Xer, like you can go die, I don't give a shit. Where he's like, could I have hired, found like a black musician or a woman musician to like seem uh, more okay, like media wise and optics wise? Sure, but I was like, nah.
0: Ugh. I was I was gonna make a joke and be like, oh, like like do you know why why he said like he didn't do that? I was gonna be like, oh, like, I, he just didn't like those ones. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then, but it actually was worse. He said yeah. was somehow worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, unreal. No, you're right, and and it does show that is worse because it shows a level of critical thought that mm-hmm. was given mm-hmm. that almost the excuse would be that's an old man who's not cr- capable of critical thought right. but then you do see that no they are capable of it mm-hmm. and he just showed it in the worst way that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not <I'm>, philosophers <laughs> I'm,
1: I I want to be lazy and I don't want to do I don't want to do any of the work cuz yes. I'm, I'm I don't care
0: yeah I <laughs> that's hysterical Right. On, I, and it, Like tragically hysterical right. um,
1: He's no longer uh, on the board For the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame And he had to like issue an apology That he was like well yeah I regret what I said And uh, I will take any punishment Coming to me
0: The, the person who wrote that for them Was, was very eloquent <laughs> and- Right
1: I mean It's I almost like I wish we had A, a, a round or a rise in like Sincere apologies that aren't like they were more like how they talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't want yeah. to think that a PR firm or a legal team wrote this out for you.
0: Yeah. It's like, I fucked this. I really fucked it up. I'm an idiot. I screwed this up. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. I'm just I'm not a smart. I wasn't smart. I'm still not smart, but I'm even dumber than I was now. You know, that's so I'll, yeah. I'm going to record that and then play right. that when I have to apologize.
1: Right. That but, or hire David yeah. Manette to write it for you. <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, make your own apology. I think that's what we're—you know—you don't have to wait for someone to give an apology
1: to you. You
0: can create one yourself.
1: Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, do you want to do some comedy news Blake?
0: Yes, please.
1: let us do some comedy news um you know a lot of horrific things happened this week and uh this year some good news the wga the writers guild of america officially ratified its contract with the AMPTP, officially ending their side of the strike uh from uh, accounts of uh on the news and what i've heard from writers that are members of the wga Uh, they got everything that they wanted which uh, makes the AMPTP seem worse because it was like then what took so long? You were we gonna could get, have just done this. You could have just you could have just done it, like we were saying that you could have just done it, and then you d- made people like foreclose on their homes or whatever.
0: Uh, and, Christ, uh, it's so it is really cool to see. It's so hard to reach a consensus, even amongst three people, much right. less all the members of that union. And I've 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 heard nothing but positive, like a a. a just a blinding positivity about the whole, how it, how it turned out. So yeah, but to your point, if only it happened sooner.
1: Yeah. And now that means uh late night has been back for actually two weeks, mm-hmm. which uh, Greg Gutfeld is now no longer number one de facto. Cause oh. he was the only late night show on the air. And that ass, <laughs> that ass wipe had the gall to say that he was number one in late night when no one else was on. I love it. And then also, like, when he (laughs) he tried to say that he was the new king of late night because of some weird loophole in Nielsen ratings, like, he technically airs at different times at different markets and gets different Mm -hmm. poll and then doesn't take into account YouTube. So, like, (laughs) certain markets, certain, uh, like, air times, he does better sometimes than, like, Mm -hmm. the Jimmys or Colbert. Uh, because they're not on. Yeah, yeah. Or but on YouTube, because I mean, I fe- t- Greg Goffeld doesn't even have his own YouTube channel. It's on Fox News, and you have to find a playlist of it. Um, and it is it is designed to upset you. A, if you don't agree with him entirely, and then B, as objective as I could be as somebody who like watches and studies comedy, it's not even good comedy.
0: It's, yeah, the the math is off, you know, where yep. it's it's not. You can have the math of a joke and be like, all right, I disagree with that. But that formula is how a joke can be told, where if we right. madlib it together, I can actually, like, enjoy this.
1: Shane but, yeah. latest special is a, a, an example of that, um, where he has good comedy instincts and it actually does pretty decent impressions. Mm-hmm but he's just an idiot. He
0: is a great actor. Yeah. Like that's like with the impression stuff. That's really, really funny where he is an excellent. It's just one of those things where you, you look at how talented You someone who said it. Um, I think Neil Brennan, just as, as a separate thing, was talking about Jamar neighbors at one point and said that like he is a an all-star. This was a few years ago. So I I don't know what Jamar's act is like now. But this he goes, he's an all-star, but he's sh- at shooting at the wrong basket, where he will do like a reverse windmill between the legs dunk, but it will be for like, you know, uh, like an AIDS joke or something <laughs> where it's like, oh, if you just took this this skill set and put it on and pointed it at this like direction you right. know was like a quote I, I probably butchered that a little bit but that, I think that was on his old podcast with um with Moshe the champs he said that sure. and, yeah and I've only seen Jamar be yeah be, I, I hear he's like hysterical
1: yeah Jamar yeah is like that I think he has an he put one album out several years ago And it's very clear of everything neil says but very specifically that like i mean he is trying to piss people off and like that is and like the thing is with comedy you can do that you can be political you can do a bunch of different things and and truly say what you want but the thing is the comedy has to come first
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. anything
1: else comes first, then that's where you get clapped or people getting pissed off. Um I mean, if you watch and well, you know, it's probably aged, not so great, but I would point it out still, like Elephant in the Room by Patrice O'Neill. I mean, he really likes digging himself into the hole. And there are a lot of like reasons for that with the way he grew up and whatnot, but mm-hmm. he really tries to play flawless logic to borrow a, t- a term from Tiff Stevenson the Oh, I love that. Yeah, um, where like you just like the joke comes out of, well, you can't argue that. And um, but it's done in a way that's about the joke that rather than any sort of politics or.
0: Totally, he's positive he's right. He's he's positive this but joke like, is right. Like, right. That's what I, yes, he's yeah. positive that this joke should be told yeah and it should be told in this manner right. um no that's so interesting i remember because re- that documentary came out about him a couple years ago right. and mr p i think it was called on comedy central maybe what well, maybe that was the name of his album or something but it was really interesting of he was always himself like there was you knew what you were getting from right. him and right. It was absolute brilliance. And then, oh, that was the most misogynistic thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It right. almost like, a, like astounding. Or like if you watched like a sun explode or something, or like that is beautiful in the horror
1: yeah. <laughs> of it. Right. Um, a mushroom cloud. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. I had an Oppenheimer-like reaction <laughs> to watching. <laughs> sure.
1: Um, all right, next news item. Um, so Jerry Seinfeld recently hinted at a possible Seinfeld reunion. More pointedly, saying something's going to happen with the series finale, um, where they famously were on trial, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the bad Samaritan or good Samaritan yeah. act.
1: I forget, it's been so long. Were people upset with that finale? yeah they were i think and not like sopranos like people that people like almost briefly betrayed the series
0: people still talk about it yeah i it was not as bad as sopranos but still people are like were pretty upset by it and it wasn't i think the issue there was an ambiguity with sopranos where it's just like i want to know you know and then i think To land a show after that was that's that amazing after all these years that like has had that level of effect on comedy and still is what like that you can just watch reruns of it constantly is it's impossible. So, all right, maybe the finale was what, like at worst a B minus, you know, for an A plus show, like who gives a shit, right? But, I would love to watch more. if that means that Jerry Seinfeld, the biggest perfectionist in the world, is going to have to make more, then it's like, ah eh, great. let him let him run with it
1: right. I wonder if that's coming. You know, it's an interesting point in time where, like Seinfeld, I remember as a kid was supposed to like alongside friends was like the biggest sitcom mm-hmm. and now, I think it's pretty clear that TV history will remember the office is something bigger.. <laughs>
0: yeah i think because of
1: longevity wise
0: no i think you're right i've actually never heard that take before and i don't disagree with it and i wonder how much of that is because of the timing Mm -hmm. of when it came out where i'm sure there's stuff
1: streaming definitely helps yeah or or like you couldn't buy i mean how many cassette tapes of seinfeld would you have to buy Right (laughs) to watch a whole season of Seinfeld, you probably break your VCR (laughs) trying to binge all of Seinfeld on VHS.
0: It overheat, yeah, you couldn't
1: use it. No, no, yeah, that would be ridiculous. Um, so yeah, definitely the office having DVD box sets Mm -hmm. and streaming definitely helps,
0: yeah. Um, But even in, I, I think, like if you stack them up against each other. I think it would be a similar to your point. Um, if you could, if you could match them up in the same era, having come up in the same era and, you know, I, I think it's an argument. Yeah. I never, who else could even friends? Obviously you mentioned mm-hmm. Seinfeld curb might even be so f- hilariously niche that I think it's less broad somehow than even sign, you know, even Seinfeld. Right? Like, I don't know if Curb had that same. No. uh, Yeah. What I don't know what the right word. Like it, that same reach.
1: No, especially. Well, because you're seeing Larry for who Larry is. And as yeah. seasons, like have gotten on. Um, I don't know. For my money, it's harder to watch. Curb is. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, there's for as free as they claim to be cuz they don't write anything just- <laughs> the beats it's getting formulaic
0: that's it is very uh self yeah self it's very uh, it's like self referential and yeah. aware of itself yeah, it, it's funny i'm so blind like i i love everything generally yeah. you know like the things i hate like i'll mm-hmm. uh not stop talking about it but i do love in my mind, Curb can almost do no wrong. Where even if it was, you know, Larry David, just every episode he went to a bagel store and I was like, yeah, oh, really? This type? And like, I would just be like, yeah, oh, this is the best. <laughs> like, there's nothing you can just do. You can just do no wrong. But I I think you're
1: right. I think objectively <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. That. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, if you love, I'm not here to say that. It, or like convince people that they're wrong. They love what they love. I just, uh, I, I mean, how much the animation is different,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: but like, all right. So if you're doing live action after after 10 seasons, like, are you going to evolve at all?
0: You almost can't Mm -hmm. like where, like we were talking about earlier, the repetition. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if you do evolve, people are going to melt down. The fan base watching is going to be like, what, what am I watching? What is this?
1: I actually, to that point, I remember. So the office, the U S office, it it had a huge tonal shift between season four and five, partially Mm -hmm. because of the last writer's strike.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: And they, they made a lot of big, took a lot of big swings, um, Where, I mean, yes, Jim and Pam had to get together at some point. Mm -hmm. But did we have to make Michael Scott more likable? I don't like that move. Yeah. Like, I thought it was more realistic that he was just... Like, I I stopped believing that he was a good salesman when he got nicer.
0: That is really interesting. No, because... I always prefer a the more insane mm-hmm. the, a boss can be a, in a comedy, the better. So when you start adding that humanity, there does need to be a level of humanity for especially sure. a network show. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you my, for my personal taste. I really preferred when he was just uh, this. There's no straight lines in, in, in his thought, you know, <laughs>
1: writer,
0: right? yeah, once you add it in, oh, he's sad. Right. because of the relationship stuff it
1: right well then it starts it getting change. like like Michael Scott paper company doesn't make sense if he was actually a good paper salesman
0: mhm 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 it's a good point
1: yeah so again, yeah, what what's 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 going what's going on there i don't know <laughs>
0: skip those seasons when you're yeah, so, uh, re- when you're rebidging it
1: i don't know some people uh, i have yet to i i can almost quote you the first four seasons like the back of my hand but um i have not watched seasons like six seven eight or nine and then i also, like highlights of them doing like a flash mob for like jim and pam's wedding and i'm like oh, i don't know I don't, I don't
0: know so it is funny where when you're if i see Just separately of like, if I'm watching a show and I hear there's a flash mob, I'm like, this sounds like the worst show of all. I'm like, if I watch that, I would literally just like start freezing to death from the amount of chills that I would get from watching it. But then I'll watch a show that I'm obsessed with and there'll be an so. I, I actually don't want to. There, there's a show that I watched that I was obsessed with, and then the final scene of like probably the series, like the main character, she it's like basically like almost a music, like a dance, like a, a like a solo dance thing that's happening, and I'm like, I'll allow it, I'll let this, I'll let this happen because I love the show and they build up that credibility. But yeah, you're right, that's rough. It's hard. A uh, uh, flash mob's are rough. <laughs>
1: flash mobs are rough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, certain things can earn. Earn it if they, it's been good a, a long way, but man, yeah, they're uh the DNA of the show changed in a way that I don't know, maybe maybe if there's like another pandemic, I'll get around to watching.
0: I know, I know. That's so funny. Whenever there's been like, oh, you should binge this series. I'm like, I'm gonna have to get mono or like seriously ill in order to watch this like yeah. seven seasons of something.
1: Yeah. All right. Last news story. Um why did I put this last? I guess I wanted to get good news first. I was wondering, I was wondering if you were still going to do it. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to do it because it's important to talk about things, Blake. And It is
0: important to talk about things?
1: Yeah. I, um, it's not all flash
0: mobs and songs.
1: It's not all flash mobs and songs and uh I don't know. I mean, I I think just the mention of it cuz it it like there's so much Discussion about discussion between uh, mm. Israel and Palestine because so people feel like I, I don't I, I don't I, I don't know what to say, you know, because mm-hmm. like, you know, if you go far back enough in history, it's hard for to give any 100% the uh, moral high ground
0: because it's a nuanced conversation whenever uh, a nuanced conversation will never ever go well on social media and it it never has and it never will and it's and also my my silence will be deafening on this in that like i am consuming everything it's horrific it's so upsetting And I just, and that doesn't mean there aren't people who are adding to, there are people who are adding to the conversation and educating people, but I'm not going to be one of those people and I'm going to be learning. And I do, I'm a big history nerd. I know the history and stuff. There's nothing that I personally just me, doesn't mean other people aren't going to be helpful, but that I can say that will shine any light on this incredibly nuanced situation whatsoever. And. It's so hard not to speak in extremes right? in general yeah. and especially when it's so raw for so many people, this issue where right. it's just such a it's, – it's raw because it's cultural. It's raw because there's multiple oppressed groups in right. one situation. And right. then when it starts becoming who's more oppressed, that's when people – Everyone all, loses
1: that game. Everyone
0: loses. Yeah. Every, there's no winner and there's no agreement. There will never be any agreement whatsoever,
1: yeah. and that's the set. Like, whatever your take or side, or the lack of take or side that it mm-hmm. is, and this will be tied into comedy, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. Yes. Um. As it currently stands, it's like, how is this ever going to end? Because uh, I don't see this ever ending.
0: Mm-mm. No,
1: they, I mean, it, if you're if both sides are going to be like an eye for an eye, then that just there is no end to that.
0: Yeah. When there's, and there's no end to the eyes, you know? So like, yeah, I, I have anything I'm going to add to what you just said. will just be me repeating exactly what you just said. But I also, and you don't want to sound pessimistic because you want to be an optimist generally of, Oh, I think there's a world that this is how it gets fixed. Right. It's, it's been a while already. Right. And, yeah I just it's how do how do we how does this become livable right? And I don't even know how to reach that bar right,
1: right. i'll I'll voice what i I think I put out on mm-hmm. Twitter slash x or something my little like note that I put every day in like a daily post that has like yeah. before comedy day. um, I think that unfortunately a lot of those that are in power have not heralded the lesson that we should leave or the priority should be to leave people alone where they already live.
0: That's great. Did you write
1: that? Yeah.
0: That's great. I love that yeah it's very very Woodrow Wilson of you, which <laughs> I've been I've been comparing you to for since we know each other.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yes. you know what's funny. I wrote a thing for the l a Times and I called a a show I go to a lot. You've probably done Peacock, right? Probably. Yeah, and I called it venerable, and they were like, "We're venerable!" Oh my god, venerable! Like, like it's some huge SAT word, and honestly, it probably is. Um,
0: it's a great word. It, it's a very, yeah. it's a high compliment. It's a fantastic yeah, compliment.
1: and I just like the the amount of obsession over that word. It's like, well, I mean, I actually like use that a lot, but um, mm-hmm.
0: it's
1: it. I don't know. I that's how I that's how I think. That's how I write. That's how I speak so it's um yeah maybe i i do mean woodrow wilson have a lot in common or something
0: <laughs> you yeah, it's it was uh i made a woodrow wilson joke but that was very separate from that very well written and uh, a great sentiment i repressed my vocabulary for like almost a decade because i remember in like fourth grade i used a large word around a girl that i had a crush on and she was like i don't know what you're talking about and i'm like oh well i guess it's not using any words again (laughs) i mean you're cool is what i meant i called her venerable as well um yeah she's uh, because she had veneers at the Uh (laughs) age
1: when we were six right right that's great that's really, really great Uh, All right, so this ties into comedy in that there was going to be the U.S. release of a uh, Israeli-Palestinian rom-com, if you can even imagine that being a thing right now, uh, called Kiss Me Kosher, uh, which actually follows an Israeli woman who gets into a relationship with some German uh, woman, and then um, her mother is like, "Mm, I don't know about that, but she's secretly dating somebody who's Palestinian.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Um, right. you know uh not to sound callous but um hijinks ensue. and Su yes and the and the uh distribution company has decided to delay a release uh, as uh following the uh terrorist attack by Hamas on Israel that is uh probably the largest attack uh, since 9 11 I think mm-hmm. like a single day like single incident like this many people died
0: crazy yeah that sounds right
1: yeah um yeah and that's where we're at guys the uh the tragedy plus time equals comedy we're we're in the time part
0: yeah i i I just think what what other choice did they have it would be the no one wants to we're in the time part you right. said no it one, perfectly. The
1: thing is, no one would watch it. There's a uh, there's a fascinating, wonderful documentary, uh co directed by my friend Julie Sebaugh mm-hmm. about uh comedy about 9 11 And then when 9 11 happened, uh Scott Thompson just so happened to be putting out a solo show about like um terrorism.
0: No way, that is really like,
1: yeah, and it was like the worst timing and nobody watched it. Like it came out the week of nine And that's why you didn't hear from Scott Thompson for a while.
0: Yeah. Didn't stand. It ch- didn't stand a chance.
1: Yeah. So like you could put it out, but no one's going to watch it and it's not going to go anywhere. And it might get you like blackmailed for a while.
0: Yeah. What's the point? It's, it's yeah. It's just not at, at best. No one will watch it. That's the best case scenario for this p- thing. You poured all this work into right. no one will watch it. That is the best case scenario. Yeah.
1: Or, uh, or as will happen when it comes out in not too long from now, the day of the clown cry will be how you're remembered, Jerry Lewis. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing.
0: You know, I bet
1: some jag off is going to try to remake it once it comes out.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds... That would make so. That would make sense. That yeah. would make. I, I can see that happening. That would fit into the make sense category.
1: Right. But what take they're going to have? I don't know. Um. Anyways, well. I mean, I hope that people appreciate uh the things that they uh kind of currently have, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, if you can along with the people around you uh have a house eat some food and enjoy companionship fellowship friends that that's okay <laughs> and, and and i think at least in my estimation of things um trying to give that to people around you is what helps yeah cuz yeah. i, I what, i'm going to take a plane to the gaza strip the, the, no I don't think that's even possible.
0: No. Well, so, yeah, I think just be kind to yourself yes. and right. others, obviously. But yeah, it's okay to be kind to yourself.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing we have to say in 2023.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: To in 2023. Stop well, torturing well, yourself. Like Everyone's it, going
0: to do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that, take care that, of yourself.
1: And go that, watch Daddy Long Legs on yes. YouTube.
0: Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, could not have less to do with anything that's happening in the world ever and particularly now so yeah daddy long legs on youtube this yeah. was uh, a absolute blast this flew by this was Absolutely. great
1: thank you thank you so much it, it truly was uh, a blast and uh, I, I would definitely have you on more i, I wish can't we wait could just, like keep hanging out but you know we got we got things yeah um, where can people find you online is there anything else you'd like to promote
0: no uh just at blake wexler on all social media BlakeWexler.com, and those are those are main things anything you need to know is there and then daddy longlegs special on youtube
1: sweet uh i am jake kroger i, I create the comedy Bureau. you can find the comedy bureau at the uh at the comedy bureau across socials uh you can find me on instagram at not the supermarket on twitter at jake kroger so many great causes of support at this time uh, I ask that you please support those. I guess the internet hasn't picked one for <laughs> the Israel Gaza Strip War. Uh, we'll see. And uh, but if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau to keep it running. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything to say as we sign off here?
0: I lo- love the Comedy Bureau. Such an important part of. I know you weren't fishing for a compliment there, but I'm going to give you one anyway. It's such an important part of stand up and yeah uh support the living hell out of the comedy bureau and thank you for uh all the kind words again about the special
1: oh you you earned every one of them um thank you. live comedy is happening and as the great Brody stevens would say enjoy it the comedy bureau field report is recorded produced and edited by jake Kruger. Music by Brian Grineo, artwork by Andrew Delman and KT, and part of the Believe Podcast family.